Monkey to like a the podcast project of the Fenebulist by Leopold Lambert. Today, subjectivity of the map, cartographing with the body, with Lucia Haleno Yasu. Hello everyone, today my guest is uh, Lucia Halon Oyarsson, who's uh, um, an architect and a PhD candidate in uh, uh, um, at Madrid School of Architecture and she's also the coordinator of the landscape design line in the Master of Advanced Architectural Projects uh, also in Madrid School of Architecture. Uh, hello Lucia. Hello. Um, thank you for being here. And uh, giving 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 us some time when actually you're about to leave New York t uh, tonight to tomorrow tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, uh, so actually, that might be my first question: is like, what what were you doing in uh, in New York? I think it has to do with your with your PhD, right? Yeah, I I came here in uh, in November uh, to do a a research stay at Columbia University uh, to to go on with my PhD research that I'm, I'm leading in, in Spain, at the Madrid School of Architecture, as you say. And here I was just uh, like doing a lot of library hours and meeting with some interesting people and enjoying the, the city, which <laughs> can turn your head uh, upside down. Enjoying winter in New York City. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how you do that, but uh, uh, but can you tell us maybe a little bit what your PhD uh, thesis yeah, is I'm, about? Uh, it's uh, has a, a working title. Uh, what a body can do. The Spinoza mm. uh, sentence. Um, the idea of of uh, the body as generator of a common speciality, and so uh, I'm trying to understand the relation between politics the political and, and architecture. So I'm like going through a, through a lot of work that it's uh, nowadays uh, working into that relation, politics and architecture. But I'm trying to do it through a critique of the idea of politics. Like uh, politics has for a long time since uh, the beginning of, the, of, of modern times uh, considered as management. Of, of the common world, of the sensible world. And architecture as a discipline has worked as a technique uh, working into that sense. So it was like an accomplice of, of, of the modern state. And against that, I try to understand what, uh, what are the possibilities of understanding uh, architecture related to the political as read by uh, Giorgio Gamben or Antonio Negri, who uh, understand the, the body as the, the actual uh, executor of the political. Like the political is not something that happens outside. It's not something that happens in the social scene, but it's something that uh, emerges from the body. It's a potential emerging from the body. And so my my thesis is clear, it's like if the political emerges from the body then that idea of the political is extremely important for architecture, for the understanding of space and it could give us some tools to try to uh, 
untangle the the relations between those other politics and architecture as a discipline. And so uh, I don't know, I'm working into all that, which is quite mm. a maze. Mm. <laughs> but it's really interesting work because uh, I don't know these uh, last three months, like here in in Colombia and a lot of other schools. There are all these conferences about architecture and uh, and politics. Uh, then you had the last Biennale, the Common Ground, when they were also talking about the idea, the Urban Think Tank uh, project in, in Torre David that won the the prize. It's like a lot of people are thinking about that, but I feel we need to to understand how uh, politics and architecture has ha have gone hand in hand for so long that we give that relation for granted. And, and I don't know, I, I think that the idea of the political could give like this, mm -hmm. uh, this outsider or a different point of view to try to, to mm -hmm. dismount a lot of, of uh, statements of the last years. Mm. Yeah, and I think we, we would both agree that it needs to be a little bit beyond the, the, the kind of trend that we can see right now around those exactly. notions, right? Because <laughs> sometimes we're sometimes using the word polit political uh, uh, is an excuse for actually not going very far into it, right? Yeah, in fact, I've, I found that uh, the people that interest me most uh, through their writings or their doings because they they work more precisely on that idea of the political and architecture, they are the ones who less use the word politics. It's uh, I know they they work in a more uh, sneakier uh, way, and I think that's uh, that's a good point because mm -hmm. it's like uh, trying to work um, outside the the big meme thing of of politics. <laughs> um. Okay, so maybe something we should uh, talk about just before starting our conversation about uh, cartography is um, maybe dissipating some uh, prejudices that can be uh, carried for the word uh, landscape design because as I say, you're, you're, you're coordinator of the landscape design uh, line at the Madrid School of Architecture. Um, so let, let's put it clearly at the very beginning of the conversation. Uh, let's forget about all those prejudices about landscape design being about like doing little hills of grass and uh, and uh, <laughs> managing, as you say, uh, the, the kind of uh, vegetation in the city or anything like that. It has nothing to do with our, at least it, it is only a very, very tiny part of what we call landscape design, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny because uh, landscape has... Uh has became also quite a big thing in the last years. Mm. We had all this uh, landscape urbanism with uh, Charles Waldheim and, and Harvard, but uh, which they actually open up the field a lot. Also the work of Stan Allen and his uh, infrastructure urbanism, which were more or less uh, working on those same grounds, like opening up the field of, of what an architect can do. It's like, there's this beautiful passage in, in Infrastructural Urbanism by Stan Allen where he says, like, I don't know, before uh, the modern discipline uh, reduced so much the role of the architect only to do buildings, we made uh, infrastructures, we made uh, canals, we made even war machines, uh, we, we made everything. So we were more like 
um, specialist with a knowledge on the workings of, of, of space. And that in, in Madrid and in Spain, it's, uh, it's even harder because there it is true that uh, normal reading, it's you do landscape, you are worrying about uh, parks, which there are great landscape designers worrying about that mm -hmm. and making fantastic work. It's still a pretty bucolic uh, interpretation of the word. Yeah, I, I guess also they're, um, they're becoming more, uh, I don't know how to explain it, like um, more realistic, like they are, they, they are getting into the, into the um, parameters of their design, more uh, social and political and contextual uh, readings, which is great. And uh, as I say, it's, I think it's a wonderful part of the of the of the profession, and I don't have anything against it. But it is true that we need to to see that it goes further. That that landscape uh, idea, what uh, brings to us is like a complex reading of of uh, of really really uh, complex and entangled uh, spatial. Mm. Uh, it's a built context. environment, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so I think we're going to start this conversation about cartography uh, by maybe talking a little bit about what you've been doing with your with your own students uh, in those last few years. Um, uh, I know that you've been to you've been to Berlin and Auschwitz one year. You've been to Paris another year. You've been to Gibraltar another year in Tangier, uh, and then next year you're going on a boat from uh, Athens to Istanbul. And um, I, th I think that following those trips, uh, your students are asked to produce a cartography of the space they saw based on a, based on a specific uh, filter of their interest. Is, it, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, we've been doing this for five years. We began with uh, Dario Gazapo, who was the head of, of our line. And, and uh, his wife uh, Gonzalo Pallese, who came up with the idea of, of actions to to broaden the scope of the of the journeys, and so uh, these uh, all these concepts like cartography, uh, landscape, action, experience of the journey, everything became uh, together. And this uh, this last year, it was like I don't know it, it's been a really good year. So it. Uh, Everything fit together uh, really well. Uh, we were traveling, as you said, to, to Berlin and Auschwitz. So it was a really difficult uh, journey to make because uh, a lot of people might think that what uh, Auschwitz ha have to do with, with architecture. In fact, uh, we were told uh, that uh, quite a few times. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah, but... Because <laughs> it has everything to do with architecture. Yeah, but I guess that... Uh, if it came from a history uh, seminar, maybe, but a landscape mm. uh, lab, it, it, it sounded strange, but uh, it was um, transforming in, in every sense because it really made us feel the difference between a journey that we are used to doing in architecture schools that you go to see uh, Asana building in, in Lausanne or... Uh, I don't know uh, uh, any other city. This one 
was really trying to dismantle all the all the understandings about space about our experience of the body in into space and and so we were all moved it was the first time we all went there and the 12 13 students that that were there uh, concern myself we felt it it changed the way we understood how how space is is made so that's why we try to to come up uh, with journeys that imply an experience that imply an exploration so they can relate afterwards with the idea of cartography like this uh, idea of the explorer threading through through uh, through ground and tracing up new new paths as as he goes along and so that year we we did that and a really interesting work uh, came up after that uh, like I know some students uh, did the work with uh, with uh, peepholes, uh, trying to understand the relation between the visual and the actual body there. Then uh, some other students, especially one of them, uh, Victor Cano, he he did a wonderful uh, job mapping out the mapping out Auschwitz through the through 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 the bodies of, of the people being there. So you will have uh, the camp of, of Birkenau too, not measured through the, the regular canonical uh, dimensions of uh, meters and, and everything, but through the steps that took the prisoner to walk from one side to another, or the, um, the bodies that might fit into one space of another. And it was a wonderful job made with the, with the greatest sensibility because the subject was really, really tough. But I know I, I think he, he managed to do something that uh, liberated Auschwitz from the idea of an objective uh, construction of, mm -hmm. of space. I see. And uh, I, I believe you also had another student doing uh, a work when you went to Paris about um, the, the students and uh, workers' uh, riots uh, and uh, insurrection of, of May uh, 1968. Is that, is, can yeah, you it, was, uh, it was also this year, even though we went to Berlin and Auschwitz, uh, this student, she, she has had, uh, Natalia, she, she had always like this uh, interest into that subject into especially she, she went into it through the idea of the graffiti how the the graffiti the flyers in in may 68 uh, configured the relation between affects and and the building of the, and, and the production of, of urban space and so she she started working uh, it was uh, after the, the the journey, so we had uh, entered into another phase of the of the work that we called the uh, crimescape, and so we, she chose that that moment when the students were uh, were at, the, at La Sorbonne in Paris, and they were kicked out by the police, and so how they gathered uh, into the streets, and created a new uh, a new urban relation and built up the barricades and everything. 
So she did a wonderful analytic uh, job, like going through all kind of uh, of um, files, photographs, uh, videos to try and uh, almost like a detective uh, rebuild the scene, and and from that she made a, a model to understand the movements, the the different tensions and the. That idea of of of, of how uh, communication, uh, words, and everything came together in the in the production of space. Hmm. And um, so we we're talking about cartography today, and uh, we we structured this conversation in such a way that the examples would come before the the uh, the argument, I would say, which was the definition of cartography. Um, but but through what you're saying, we can we can start uh, we can start having a glance uh, of at what at what cartography really is, and because we we have this um, we have this common idea that uh, a map is an objective document that uh, that um, illustri- that explains uh, a space that 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 contains. Uh, objective information that that uh, sh- describes describes the space, um, but obviously we we know that it's not true, and uh, and um, the, uh, a map is an extremely subjective document. And uh, <laughs> I, I I ask you to do a little homework before <laughs> before we talked about map because I think I think there's one uh, there's one movie. Uh, that particularly uh, uh, expresses their, the subjectivity of this map, uh, which is this uh, uh, medium lens movie, uh, "A Walk Through Age," of uh, by Peter Greenaway. Um, that uh, to to put it uh, to put it relatively uh, shortly, that is pretty much a, only a camera filming. A series of sixty-nine maps uh, that looks more like paintings than maps in the way we understand we commonly understand maps and painting. Um, that and this exploration of the camera that goes from one map to another and follow paths passes is a sort of exploration of this uh, ornithologist uh, uh, that we are being told about. Um, but precisely because of those, because those maps are uh, look more like paintings or, or drawings that you would you would see in a museum rather than on in a in an atlas, let's say, we we start to understand how a map is actually not um, is nothing else than uh, any drawings we would paint uh, we would draw of any given uh, of any given. Um, Reality. Uh, it's not because you see it from above that you you acquire a degree of objectivity. Uh, um, so so yeah. So the homework I was I was I was uh, t- talking about is is basically you watching a walk through age, and I think you you uh, I can see your notes from here, which are <laughs> seems to be very <laughs> very thorough. So can, can you tell us a little bit what uh, what you felt about uh, cartography in that in that film? Well, I, I first I want to thank you for for uh, <laughs> making that uh, gift to me because it uh, was, I knew uh, it was not painful homework. I knew it. Would. No, no, it was wonderful. It was, uh, it's uh, an incredible uh, film. 
uh, really disquieting. It's mm. uh, that idea of, of the map. And also, you, you said the, the exploration of the ornitholo ornithologist. I like that that idea of, of, of the exploration because it's true. He 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 uh, the voiceover, which is so uh, strange also mm. because it's like and the uh, music, the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he he goes on saying like from there I took that path uh, until here. Then I went into the the other map. So he's actually walking through 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 those maps and almost. Uh, Making them up as 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 he goes along because they inter intermingle with the with the story of the uh, the narrator, then the the ornithologist, the the Amsterdam uh, zoo uh, ornithologist too, and it's that idea of exploration that as he uh, as the explorer walks, he traces up the world, he makes up the world. It's not the world is not given, but it's uh, it's made through its uh, its constant rediscovery. That's that's something uh, I really like. Like you were talking also about the the objectivity of of maps, and we were talking before about the uh, the African continent, the 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 building up of 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 Africa as a blank space in the nineteenth century. It's a perfect case in which uh, modern cartography thought that they were representing reality but they were actually making it up it was like another kind of fantasy but the interesting thing it was the the work of the explorers that uh, traversed uh, Africa like Mungo Park in the in the Niger or um, or even uh, the Stanley, who of course also has all this uh, dark side to its uh, character. But the role of those people that went into the into the desert, or into the unknown, and and were just like with their uh, with few tools, they were drawing up their their paths and they were noting down everything they saw. So that after that they sent all their information to uh, mostly England or France, and there they had uh, what they call the the um, the sofa geographers because they were comfortably sitting in their in their studios and trying to put all that information into the building of that blank space that would uh, later on be be divided up and and distributed among all the, the colonial powers. But that moment of the explorer, when he, the, the story of Mungo Park is, is really beautiful, how he was this Scottish guy uh, that you can imagine like uh, red hair, and all white, and, and he went through the desert just uh, walking and taking notes and creating the, 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 the map and the world through, through his walking. So. I think I find that that figure really really interesting that the the body tracing up the uh, the space rather than after that uh, the idea of controlling it of uh, like purifying it that goes into the the geographer back home mm. yeah i I, I think uh, there the question of the dimension is particularly important for you so we'll We'll uh, we'll we'll go back to that very soon. Um, 
but um, since you were you were talking about uh, the African continent and uh, we we came to talk about that in when we prepared this uh, conversation by talking about an area an area like the Western Sahara areas that used to be controlled by Spain and after that got a, this became a disputed zone between uh, between Mauritania and Morocco uh, and uh, and it's it's a really, I mean it is a desertic uh, uh, territory but it is a relatively huge uh, area on the maps that is actually not exactly well defined of um, which sovereignty uh, is applied on it and And I think we can see we can see several examples like that, or some kind of geopolitical examples of how maps are being used as a to carry a different subjective narrative. I mean, uh, in in the case of uh, disputed territories in uh, between uh, China and its and its uh, neighbors, I think pretty much every neighbors have of China have a disputed territory with them, um, or. Uh, some things that I'm a little bit more familiar with, which is uh, the case of Palestine, and how how sometimes you need to be you need to go away from from uh, uh, a kind of objective the illusory objective description of things to make me to make it more understandable. So I mean, uh, I feel weird talking about myself, but uh, <laughs> there, um, that's that's how I came to design a map that's called the Palestinian Palestinian Archipelago, which is. Uh, we go back to the archipelago, uh, uh, which is uh, the the area in um, in the West Bank that are under a relatively autonomous, and I insist on relatively autonomous uh, uh, sovereignty by, by the Palestinians. I mean, by the Palestinian Authority, which which are those islands of uh, those islands of land uh, uh, that are separated from each other. Hence uh, the the name of archipelago. Uh, and how doing this kind of uh, what we could call metaphorical uh, cartography that actually probably describes more realities than than if you were actually uh, trying to do it uh, in a more once again objective but it's not objective so in uh, illusory objective way isn't it yeah it's uh, I guess it's uh We've kind of uh, idealized and uh, given too much uh, power to the canonical measurements of, of traditional cartography. And so uh, if a powerful uh, country makes a map of a zone and it says that it's true, the idea that, come on, it's, uh, it's made through... Uh, GIS, uh, it's it's mm. perfectly measured. Uh, that's a, that's a real map, that, and 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 if it's a real map, it's it's reality, and that's that's why I I like that that idea of of perverting measurements and and dimensions and, but not uh, saying that there shouldn't be, but that we need to find others. We need to. There's this uh, Spanish writer Juan Francisco Ferrer who. He, he writes about uh, realism in, in literature, but he says that today realism can be uh, made like uh, Charles Dickens or uh, Emil Sola in the 19th century, that reality today is so complex and so uh, entangled with fiction 
that uh, we need to get uh, to give us new inst a, a new instrumental to to relate to the real and that idea i think applies to architecture as well because we really need a new instrumental that goes farther than the regular measurements than the plan the section and all to understand that there there will be measurements there will be dimensions because we want to uh, to to talk and to relate and to transform the real but we understand that uh, the reality they are telling us uh, all these canonical cartographies that it's this is the real world it's it's a fantasy mm -hmm. as uh, as africa as a blank space was a fantasy africa was uh, was in movement there were there were a thousand worlds inside africa at that moment it wasn't blank and and as I was saying in the preparations, has there been a recent map made of Africa as if it would be if colonialism, I mean, obviously a, a speculative map, but uh, if colonialism would have never happened, which is a pretty interesting map. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's recognizing that 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 blank was a fantasy, hmm. as, as the Israeli uh, maps can be read as a, as a fantasy. Mm -hmm. And... And that's one one thing I liked about the movie, uh, that even though they are, you could say they are subjective uh, mappings. I think I would call them more like experiential mappings, because the the the, the story unfolds as the, along with the maps, it 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 uh, goes together. But there was this moment at the end when when. He uh, finishes the the the, 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 journey. the journey, and and he says uh, I had the, the number not done. It was a journey through ninety two maps, and one thousand four hundred eighteen uh, miles. In fact, he says the the time of the the beginning and end of the of the journey, and there's this materiality in the in the figure in the in the number that. I think it's it's very attractive because it says like okay this is an experiential uh, mapping, but it is not imaginary. It's not a fantasy. It's it's uh, it's related to the real. I uh, I run through one thousand four hundred eighteen miles, right? And it it uh, made me think of of uh, Ralph Ellison's uh, Invisible Man, where. Uh, there's this. Uh, the, it's the story of a of a young uh, black man uh, from the states in the 40s, and he he's fighting against all the segregation laws and, and environment, and and he says, "I'm an invisible man, not because I'm a ghost, but because people refuse to see me." And in the epilogue, he he unveils that he's writing from the from a basement in in New York. Where he has like he uh, Ralph Ellison says also the, the precise number of of light bulbs, it's like one thousand three hundred I don't know how many uh, light bulbs lighting this basement. He's stealing the electricity power from from above the street and bringing it to to give light to that basement. And I've always felt that number uh, to had like the one in in Greenaway's movie. To have the ability to materialize, to 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 say, okay, this is not a fantasy. This is this is the real. 
but it's a reel that needs to be measured in different ways in, with different dimensions mm -hmm. and and that's how you go back to the idea of of uh, of uh, having a, tr a transcript of their body movement into into cartography right exactly that's that's how for instance victor's uh, mm. victor's uh, cartography came came about it the auschwitz cartography exactly mm -hmm. because uh, auschwitz has been you know the if you go through the blueprints of of uh, of auschwitz uh, birkenau it's uh, it's extremely disquieting because you see the work of an architect there drawing even the the little trees to make it more like the the plan or more beautiful and and perfect and and you realize that that uh, way of measurement of, of of dimensions belonged to uh, that objective world and and Auschwitz was a perfect uh, model of that it was like the objectivity of optimization of mm -hmm. uh, of of the world it's uh, well, the industrialization uh, exactly of, uh, in that case of death basically yeah because mm -hmm. I, I mean it was like uh, the natural path you start by controlling life but in the end death is the most important part of, of that life so it, it goes hand in hand it had to to lead that way if we keep working in that idea of quantification through a, a Cartesian view of the world, like an abstract outside from which we stare at it. I don't know, in the end we see it, it, it breaks apart. Mm -hmm. And that's why the idea of, of Victor of uh, working from the body, like reading Auschwitz throughout the body, was so, uh, was so interesting because it, uh, it broke the, the departure point of the building of Auschwitz, it broke the efficiency of the modern measurement or measured space. Mm -hmm. Well, and and if we think of uh, as the, the architect's plan as a as a sort of cartography, which it obviously is, uh, and uh, I think so, someone like uh, Enrique Meral has, uh, has, mm -hmm. has uh, his his plans are 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 maps and. I've, that's that's another topic, but I, I almost feel that he's building where uh, embodiments of those maps rather than the the contrary. Like I think I think the the maps were the important his drawings were the important thing. Uh, but anyway, that's 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 uh, probably some specialist of Mirayas who, who would say the, the exact opposite. But um, but in the case of, in the in the case of uh, of Auschwitz. Uh, uh, if if you consider the the plan uh, of of the architect, I mean whether the, whether the technocrats that that design it was architect or not doesn't matter. It is the architect as like the the authorities that that design uh, these apparatuses of of death. Um, this all these plans are are completely um, emptied of the bodies that are, it is designed to hurt. Uh, and and so there is something in within the architectural plan that manifests at the highest points in the case of Auschwitz, uh, uh, which is the the complete absence of what uh, of what the architecture is acting upon, which is precisely the bodies. 
it's and not only acting upon but uh, it's I know it's that idea that buildings and the built environment become part of a produced speciality mm-hmm. by the, the bodies and I know I, I usually I, I I use a lot of the the term body, but I don't understand it only like the human body mm-hmm. or the living body even. But uh, like things also have uh, that uh, bodily condition because there are a lot of uh, readings nowadays that that you know uh, quite well, like uh, my Latour or. Other people who are working on this idea of things and, and all, but I think that we need to recover the the, the role of the body as as um, having that potential uh, for agency, because at that point you realize that also buildings and the form of the built environment has this uh, potential of acting upon the bodies, but also the bodies of acting upon the the built environment. Mm-hmm. So there's a less passive way of understanding the, yeah. the reading of, of space. And, and that's where we go back to Spinoza, which is exactly. at the beginning of your, of your thesis. Yeah, what, the reciprocity what the of affects, uh, whether it's joyful affect or sad affect. Yeah, hmm. yeah and I guess that's... Um, the thing is, how can we bring that, uh, that agency, those uh, affects of the, of the Spinozist uh, body, into the the knowledge and transformation of, of the world of the real and that's where uh, cartography becomes not so much a tool to flatten out the the world to to simplify it but a tool of acting upon it acting through it and i know it becomes a a, a dynamic tool that's why in in our course, we we don't understand that cartography it forms part of an analytic uh, phase. It's uh, it's entangled with a, with a, a, a will to project, a will to transform. So that's one thing I I, I feel it's important about the way architects might uh, might do their research. It's like okay, we are not historians. We are not looking. Uh, at Auschwitz like this uh, static thing from the past that needs to be mapped out and precisely controlled we are all the time that we make those uh, those maps we are trying to understand that they are a tool to keep on transforming the built uh, mm-hmm. environment even today uh, the, the knowledge of Auschwitz can have enormous uh, effect on, on what we do today mm-hmm. and uh I think the idea of, of producing um, cartography based on the body itself is also a way of proposing an answer to a question that I, I've been having uh, for quite a while, which uh, uh, which applies in in my own in my own uh, wondering to to the question of Palestine, but that's probably uh, applicable to a lot of other places, which is um, the refusal to address the situation and the occupation based on its uh, spectacular and punctual uh, um, events. So like, let's say, when uh, an IDF soldier is uh, beating up or an activist or something like that. It's as, as tragic as it is. It's like, I think 
it is only a symptom of the situation. It does not really explain the situation. So then often we turn to maps, we turn to cartography, and there's been a, a lot of work being done in that way. But then what happens um, in, in a book like the, the Atlas of the Conflict, for example, which is a remarkable book, but you clearly lose the incarnated uh, part of, of, of the situation. You, you lose the body and you look at the situation from the top, uh, uh, quite literally. Uh, uh, and, and, um, and this is not, this is not a, um, this is not a really thorough way or it is not a holistic way of explaining, uh, of describing a given situation. So I think if we are able to bring this incarnation within the act of cartography, we, we might be a little bit more on the right tracks to, to be able to describe such situation, I, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. I, it's, it, it's true what you say about the, the event. We... It's like another tool to neutra neutralize our will to know uh, how the that real is is, is incarnated. It's uh, it's like with uh, when when this uh, student Natalia she did the May '68 uh, work. You could tell that uh, May '68 has been like the biggest uh, spectacle of, of all. It's. It has become like the rule book of what every urban uh, revolution should look like, <laughs> but especially that look like, and it happens the same with uh, with more uh, radical and drastic and tragic uh, situations. It's just we need that uh, kind of uh, emotion going through our eyes, and and we forget the the need to to embody our knowledge in order, in order to understand the complexity of, of the situation mm -hmm. and I guess uh, that, that's that's the the goal we need to when I was talking about those instrumental uh, that, that new instrumental of relation to the real I think it, it has to do with that um, common background uh, that you were talking about in Palestine like you have the event, but you also have the common background, and normally that common background we don't look at it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is there that the the new explorer should uh, throw himself into. It's like okay, uh, the event has the ability to keep our minds uh, entertained. It's uh, it turns experience into emotion and all kind leads to all kind of of of, of manipulation. But there's this background that that really matters, and I think that's that's the goal, and that's the hard point to hard point to to to, to affect. Hmm. Um, so we we still have a little bit of time to conclude this conversation, um, and there's something I wanted to talk about as well, and uh, I don't know if you you've been uh, working on it, but it's the ability of cartography to not only include uh, uh, spatial elements as, as we obviously uh, see it usually, but also temporal temporal elements, uh, how cartography of time is possible to, simultaneously with, with uh, cartography of space, and we should probably not even uh, distinguish them uh, as, as uh, 
separately from each other. So I, I was showing you a little bit earlier, like I'm working on this map of the of the of the Paris Commune uh, in 1871, based on some information I received from uh, friends uh, uh, Fosco Lucarelli and uh, and Maria Bruna uh, Fabrizi um, on on the, the what we call the Bloody Week, so like the, the last week of the of the Paris Commune when uh, the the French army uh, of the, the, the of the Versailles uh, um, uh, eradicated the the Paris Commune and how how we are able to map uh, um, uh, this this week basically we 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 are able to map each day of this week but in relation to special elements like the Haussmann uh, transformation of Paris or where the barricades were situated and all this kind of thing and how one document uh, one graphic document with that with that much text with that almost with no text uh, uh, is able to to relate to describe a historical uh, element like that so I don't know is, is a temporal characteristic of a cartography uh, part of your work yeah it, it's um, in fact this this, uh, this guy Victor he worked with uh, another student Andres and as Victor worked from the territorial scale onto the body Andres worked uh, from the smallest territorial scale to the largest, largest, and he worked through the the, the maps of uh, the Battle of Berlin in the Second World War, and it was really fascinating because uh, he was uh, obsessed with that idea of the event, but. Uh, the event that was the, the Battle of Berlin has had this this complex temporality uh, that was entwined with uh, complex spatiality, and so he he found and worked upon uh, some really interesting maps because uh, in which the the different battalions' movement uh, onto the city were were mapped out, and he did some work uh, upon that, trying to give him tools to to develop uh, new. Uh, New instrumental to 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 address that that idea that entwinement between space and time, and I think it's uh, it's a key point. We've been like I know there were there was a long time that it was only time that ruled the knowledge of of the world. It was only temporal analysis. Then uh, we kind of had this uh, kind of spatial uh, term, but I think the interesting thing is to see how they they, they come together. There is uh, there is this wonderful uh, story by by Jorge Luis Borges, mm -hmm. the Aleph. Well, we're gonna manage to have <laughs> Borges in every podcast. That's pretty, that's pretty fantastic. That's gonna be the the recurrent element. I'm sorry, Tava. that has to mean yeah, something. No, yeah, but at, at that point, uh, in, when you think of the of the figure of the Aleph, that kind of simultaneity, uh, it has to break down all the ways we uh, we look at the world, either spatially, either temporally, because mm -hmm. it becomes a simultaneous entanglement of of space time. And that, that's what the LF is about, but you, you might want to describe it just a little bit for people who, yeah, who have not read it. Yeah, it's uh, that, um, 
idea of, of finding in one single uh, spot <laughs> all the all the things, all the all the spaces, all the times, all everything. It's it's like the paradigm of of simultaneity, mm -hmm. and and I don't know. I've I've always found that uh, that story, especially that part, incredibly enticing because mm -hmm. it's uh, it 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 kind of reminds us every time that we begin a, a work like this, like uh, worst time, worst space. And, but not like uh, okay, you forgot space. But knowing that they go together, so there is no way of of making a historical reading without uh, making it uh, spatial. Mm -hmm. um, I know, but it's it's true. It's uh, it's an, an interesting uh, point to 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 focus because if uh, Stan Allen when he wrote the 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 piece on notation, talking about the, that idea of the script, notation, diagram. He was kind of, of bringing the time of other uh, disciplines into architecture. I think we need to take that, that further, like understanding it's not a matter of having space and having time, but having mm -hmm. an entangled simultaneity. That's, uh, that's what Deleuze uh, describes in uh, when he explains uh, Uh, the philosophy of Leibniz and the philosophy of the the monad. He 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 explained it with a beautiful metaphor, saying uh, that all humanity was contained within uh, 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 Adam Adam's uh, sperm, basically semens. Uh, uh, and how uh, obviously that doesn't mean that Deleuze was a creationist, obviously <laughs> not. But but uh, it's just a way to to explain how uh, this the three dimensions and the four dimensions are already mm -hmm. folded within within uh, the world like there's no uh, there everything is already folded within uh, within the LF basically which yeah. which is a, a, a beautiful simultaneously uh, simul uh, example of simul simultaneity that we can once again find back in cartography um, well Lucia thank you so much I think that was a was a great conversation and uh, and uh, I um I wish you the best for your uh future cartography especially in the in uh in this uh forthcoming trip that you that we were talking about in the beginning from uh, Athens to Istanbul maybe through Cyprus maybe yeah. we'll see <laughs> we'll see <laughs> all right well thank you very much uh, thank you <laughs>